This week's pod is supported by Manscaped. Manscaped is just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, and now you can be one of the first people in England to experience Manscaped's life-changing products. Manscaped is a skin-safe trimmer for below-the-belt shaving. Uh, their 7,000 RPM motor has quiet stroke technology, and I know you fellas like a quiet stroke. So they tell us that Manscaped's technology will make your testes their besties, and you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code NQAT at manscaped.com. That's code NQAT for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Well, we're back again for yeah. another Manchester United discussion based on the completely fine and easy to analyse and perfectly within the rules of rational science result that Manchester United yeah. totally deservedly oh, totally. beat Brighton. Well, as Bruno said after the Brighton game, the post is not the goal. <laughs> yeah, the aim is not to hit the post and the crossbars. So um, the thing is, before the uh, Spurs game where they played against uh, Newcastle today Jose Mourinho seemed to be very upset that Ole had made genuinely not a jab at Jose Mourinho in any way um, the thing if if you somehow missed this story uh, in midweek uh, Mourinho's Tottenham went to North Moldova um, which is funny in itself because they have to do that because after celebrating wildly getting sixth place then they were forced into this ridiculous situation but the goals were literally too small and so they had the goals changed Ole said oh it's good job Jose wasn't here to change the goals that's a dig at United if anything else like if nothing else like uh, that it's a self-deprecating gig but Jose took it very 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 thin skin yes like a comparison with a man we have made many times on this pod. Incredibly thin skin, zero sense of humour. I mean, as we were talking about on the, the WhatsApp group, wasn't he charming once? Didn't he have a sense of humour once? Am I just making this up? No, he, he still has. He always had and still has a sense of humour if he is the one delivering it. Like, he, much like the man who we won't name, occasionally he says something actually genuinely funny it's just you know yeah uh all the surrounding racist is and jose Mourinho. (laughs) yes um but fortunately he's not our manager uh so we don't have no no and uh you know we may be living rent free in his head we should not allow him to live rent free in ours so let's, uh, let's talk about the me. absolute. Too, too late for me. I am I am a very generous landlord to that man. <laughs> I watched I watched that game. We'll talk about it in the bonus content. But I watched that the last thirty five minutes of that game just on the edge of my seat, going, "Come on, injustice! Come on, some sort of injustice!" Well, whatever God you were praying to, he delivered, <laughs> or she, or whatever. Um, anyway, let, let's talk about the absolute hot garbage that is Manchester United. FC. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was bad from uh, from minute. How many minutes? Like straight away. The, yeah, yeah. Basically, the whole of the first half was 
awful. Truly awful. Yeah, no, abysmal. And um, I want I want to say we are going to slate Man United for most of the next however long this show takes. But we should say up front because occasionally we do get lumped in with people who talk about Manchester United on the internet, even though we were here first <laughs> doing this before they were, when it was dial-up, when people genuinely used to complain about this download of the show being 100 meg because... This was that's how long ago it was. But anyway, um, we are not advocating the oh, we sh- fans shouldn't celebrate the last minute winner <laughs> approach that has been put no, on the internet no. by people. Let, let me just be very, very clear. <laughs> Since this is a point of discussion brought up by somebody on the internet, that I, I did celebrate our last minute winner. I'd celebrate a last minute winner if the under twenty three scored it, or if the women's team scored it, or if the under twelve scored it, or if our Blind football team scored it. Or if the beach soccer team... Have we got a beach soccer team? <laughs> I don't think so. Managed by Eric. Eric could run, yeah. Uh, or, or what? It, you know, whatever, I would celebrate it because because that's, that's what you do as fans. And if you can't enjoy a last-minute winner with the absolute massive amount of complete naked injustice that this particular last-minute winner had, then, you know, this is the wrong sport for you. Exactly. So the the wild, I mean, you know, there is an argument to say that last minute winners are sweeter when you don't deserve them at all. I'm not sure I fully believe that, but I totally get why some people I think people context matters a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, so last yeah. minute winner with a massive amount of injustice against, I don't know, Liverpool to win the oh, yeah. title. Yeah. <laughs> very, very sweet. Against a bright, plucky Brighton side who'd actually played very well and... If they were just a little bit more accurate with their shooting, with a buried United long ago, yeah, the Schadenfreude isn't quite as tasty, is it? No, exactly. I yeah, know it's not. It's not my particular choice of uh, condiment, anyway. Schadenfreude in general. But having said all of that, that's just to get all that we both went suitably wild when Bruno absolutely smashed it top bins. I've rarely. I mean, I laughed so much when the final whistle had blown and then it all kicked off and you see that first still of more pay and you go, <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, that's it then. That's, we know the rule now. That's not a, tri- that's a trivial decision in the uh, weird alternate universe we currently live in. Yeah, no, that's um, right. I mean, remember how long it took to decide uh, on the penalty for Marcus Rashford and the debates after that in, in Paris. Uh, and it's easy now. I mean, hate it or hate it, or maybe like it a little bit, but they, with uh, with the with the technology plus the the new handball rule and the interpretation, there isn't really a grey area anymore. The only no. the only grey area is where exactly is your armpit? Right, so because <laughs> it's not, I said on last week's pod, it's the shirt. It's not the shirt. It's the armpit. Bottom of the armpit wow. is the designated uh, point of. Um, yeah, exactly. I was like, which part of the armpit exactly? <laughs> what counts as the bottom? And isn't that doesn't that change from person to person? Well, what if you've got extremely long armpits? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It's been we've been doing this show for eleven years, and we've so we need new content. But I don't think I ever heard, I've ever thought either of us would say, "What if you have exceptionally long armpits?" On this <laughs> yeah, show? I, know. And I mean, I definitely didn't think it, it would be count? you. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, yeah, but now there's no doubt. You yeah. know, no one likes it uh, because it feels um, 
it it feels a bit uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it doesn't feel very human, you know. It, it's robotic in in its interpretation. Uh, it is actually, you know, broadly speaking, how handball has been interpreted around Europe for quite some time, and not in the Premier League, but very broadly speaking, yeah. Uh, and 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 so they've re- removed all doubt, but you you get things like the penalty against Victor Lindelof, the one um, today, um, <laughs> which we'll talk about later. Um, there was one in the Crystal Palace Everton game yesterday. I mean, he was barely away from his side. But oh, this is basically horrible. the this is this is what they're saying now. Handball is now um, if your hands are not by your side, it's handball. Basically, yeah. that is your silhouette. It does, it's not even silhouette. It's um, uh, what they talk about in the in the law. It says um, increasing the size of the body. Yeah. And so yeah, they've got to be by your side, and above the head, it's de- it's always handball. I mean, Wherever Ellen's above just the head, beyond dumb, and it it needs to be sorted out. But I feel like a like a lengthy conversation about that will be happening on every bit of football media you listen to or watch. So we probably don't need that. We I, I'm sure the consensus would be where we would come down that this is really stupid, and it it did it did feel very much like this is ruining the game kind of territory, you know. Um, but anyway, uh. The other thing that's ruining the game is Manchester United's defending. So I think there's two aspects to this performance that were um, bad. One, our good players didn't play very well. I have to say, in a broad sense, I'm not in the least bit concerned about that because I just think that's being undercooked. Like, I think it's really straightforward. The thing that is a concern is our bad players also didn't play very well, um, as you would expect from bad players. But... Their, them being underbaked makes us catastrophically bad, basically. And the whole season is going to be a battle between whether our good players do more good things or our bad players do more bad things. Yeah. I mean, so look, the defensive weaknesses were shown up time and time again in this. I mean, Brighton had 18 shots, uh, so it's not just the defenders. And we're going to talk a lot about the defenders and how bad they did, but midfield in front of them didn't protect them at all. Uh, so no. 18 shots. Uh, United only had two shots from open play, which which <laughs> will tell you something about how bad our forward play was as well. And that that took, uh, I think, less of the commentary. Um, but we just weren't we weren't in the game. I mean, Brighton passed the ball around very nicely. They created a lot of chances. They um, the front three were lively. I mean, Connolly wasn't. Awesome, was he? But Mope and Trossard, I, I thought, were very good. Um, constantly switching positions in midfield. They had you know, both uh, willing runners and, you know, had, um, Lalana in an unfamiliar position, sort of as the, the base of that midfield three. And, you know, they, they just they played very well, uh, Brighton, for the most part. Didn't get the rub of the green, didn't finish as accurately as they would have liked to. It's marginal, <laughs> right? It's marginal. <laughs> Of course, yeah. but um, I think yeah, there are many games in which United have had 18 shots and uh, not won games. And you know, um, I, I thought Graham Potter was very sort of, um, you know, he was he was he 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 was realistic that this happens in football. Uh, yeah. And you know, if I was him, I might have been a bit more bitter about it. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as that type. I think he's he's more in the sort of control the controllables modern management mindset which is a good mindset to have where you don't you do everything that you can do as good as you can do it 
and the, the rest takes care of itself. So you really do win some and lose some when it comes to that. And of course, I'm sure Trossard will leave that game very disappointed. And what's his name? Um, Sully March. Sully March must be like, because he missed so what you could describe as a sitter um, at one point in that game. But I totally agree. United played brilliant. Um, Brighton played brilliantly for the most part of that game. And United just weren't in it. The spectacular inability to string part three passes together. You know, the one good goal we scored um, was as a result of one magnificent pass. Yeah. And then a moment uh, like some individual brilliance from Rashford. I mean, it's, it's a hell of a pass from Bruno. I mean, it's, it's absolutely glorious. Oh, yeah. It's to the get, best to of get Bruno. Eight players with one yeah. pass. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant moment from United, but they didn't happen very often, did they? Once. <laughs> there you go. I mean, Bruno had one of the days where it wasn't quite coming off for him. He wasn't as bad as Pogba, I thought. Pogba was no. had a re- really poor day in midfield. And, you know, when Pogba's sort of um, not his best, the things that you're not getting from him are, are the kind of attacking creativity that you really want, right? And here it was just kind of the all-round game. He's very sloppy with his passing, which he's not normally from that deep area. Um, of course, you don't get the the kind of attacking stuff when he's playing so deep and he's being you know, sort of disciplined. But he, you know, the basics were not coming off. Mm, no, he struggled to do the thing that he is generally so good at, which is get the ball out past the first rush of press. Yes. And you know, we were just we were we were just appalling in possession in that game. Just I haven't looked at the numbers at all, um, but it the my experience of watching it was that we were appalling in possession. I, I do want to, I don't want to, I feel like if you're going to reasonably anal- analyse that game, there's uh, there's a couple of players who come in for particular opprobrium for our defensive mistakes. I should say, Martial, who I'm ridiculously defensive of, like Pogba, uh, had a really bad game too. He did one wonderful thing um, in the, the the Greenwood goal that was offside yeah. because Rashford was offside. Frustratingly so, I have to say. A few it, it times felt, in this felt, game, Rashford. Felt avoidable. Yeah. Yeah. That one in particular felt like he just he just wasn't at his sharpest in terms of reading the game flow. Um and it was a fine finish from Greenwood, of course. And Martial did a brilliant bit to kind of skip away from a couple of defences. It was almost the only thing he did of note um, in the game. Uh, I thought, I don't know. I, I don't like doing this. I thought Luke Shaw was absolutely appalling in that game. I mean, he made an incredibly telling contribution in the one bursty run that he got fouled. But it, but it the was Trussard one. that he was... The yeah. one, yeah. Yeah, and not up against one of their, not certainly not up against Lamptey, um, who I don't know if anyone knows, has probably got Luke Shaw in a foot race. Um, but Trossard sort of probably didn't need to foul him, but did. And that was that led to the, the free kick that we equalised with. But I thought his defensive performance was like, um, right at the from the off, the first one that hits the crossbar, it's not anywhere near Luke Shaw's side, but Shaw's covering for Matic, um, he's like um, Matic has gone to cover for Shaw because Shaw was upfield Shaw's come back and is supposed to be doing the defensive midfield sweeping up and he just looks like he doesn't have any idea where to go and he's he's caught constantly between 
between options yeah. and, of go or stay or whatever. But and like, I hate I hate doing this kind of reductive analysis, but a lot of it feels to me that it's he just doesn't really want it enough because if he after he's gone up field really bust a gut to get back into position he'd have more time to make the right decisions and so often he's not and i'm just watching him all the time on his few you know he he does push up field no more than any other fullback should do really he doesn't do the driving runs very often anymore i mean that was his one really in the game where he got fouled he used to have that in his locker. I don't think he does anymore. Um, and but time and time again, he's not back in position when the when the ball transitions. And you know, I, I, it's kind of it feels a bit unforgivable. And but as I said, that's reductive because there's other problems to his game. And I don't want to simplify it to he ain't got the passion. But it's, yeah. there's a little bit of that. I don't think he really likes being a footballer. Sometimes it feels like hard work for him. Yeah, and I mean. It, it, I wonder how much of it is fitness and stamina and these kind of things. I mean, we don't have insight into this and I certainly wouldn't want to make any assumptions about these kinds of things. It just doesn't look great. He he, he really does look like he's strolling about a lot of the time and and it's a it's a strange accusation to level at and, and, the, and the work rate levels of the team in general are very high. So you kind of wouldn't expect that. And I wonder if he's just a bit dim. I wonder if it's not so much that he doesn't care and hasn't got the passion for it as he he just, his brain isn't very good at making him do the things he needs to do. Yeah, even though you I, think I, I don't know. I've never, I mean, Ollie would never say it, would he? He'd never talk about, in, not in the way that Mourinho might talk about his, you know, weaknesses in terms of analysis and taking on information and stuff like that. Because, you know, managers do talk about that and certain managers, and Ollie's not one of them, gives a lot of information to the players and expects them to take it on board. Guardiola, for example. Yeah. yeah. Louis van Gaal. Um, Ollie's more of the simple instructions type manager, I think. <laughs> Go out there and endure yourself, lads. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, I mean, like on the, the broader point, um, and it kind of comes to this point about instructions and organisation, uh, you know, uh, the broader point about our defence is they were all out of position all the time. Wan Pazaka was out of position. The amount Absolutely. of times that someone was caught out of the back stick with a you know an overload, it was just shocking. <laughs> just like and Wan Bissaka was caught there several times. We know Maguire and Lindelof's principal weaknesses that in any pace, anyone running at them, they really struggle with that. Struggle to get in the right position. Struggle to read the game. Don't ha- none of neither of them have any recovery pace at all. Um, and and it's just it's a it's a disaster. And then you know of course the. Ball gets turned over, passing out from the back from United far too often. Um, and this particular combination of Pogba and Matic, and maybe it's they're just not fit. Um, and it's a little bit the style of player that Matic is as well, and the style of player that Pogba is, um, just do not offer much protection as a double pivot in front of that back four. You know, and, and like if you concede 18 shots in the game, you're not protecting your back four. Yeah, and I think there might be people listening to this somewhat surprised or kind of uh, assuming some sort of agenda that Luke Shaw got called out before Aaron Wambasaka in this game because you could say that Wambasaka had a worse game than him and actually for me that's just chrono it was just chronology I just noticed what Luke Shaw was doing sooner um and I guess credit in the bank as well to an extent but yeah Wambasaka 
it's his first game back. He he didn't didn't play against Luton, did he? Uh, I can't even remember. But anyway, um, even if yeah, can't remember, can't remember. He no, didn't, he didn't. What, he didn't play in the first game for sure. No, first Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. Um, but then, so it, I don't think he. I don't think he played against Luton because really, Oli didn't use the Luton game as a kind of preseason game at all. Really, he used it to play squad players, and of course, Harry Maguire played. Um, but but the the. I wonder how much Wan Bissaka's uh, obviously like there are the he did play against Luton. Pos- just checked it. Oh, okay, it. there you go. Yeah, so his positional play wasn't very good in this game, and that's not his number one strength. His number one strength is his one-on-one defending, which is absolutely extraordinary, very remarkably high level. But I, I do think he was singularly unhelped by problems around him. So playing Greenwood ahead of him, obviously Greenwood's job isn't to be a tracking back winger. It shouldn't be. And then the Pogba Pogba playing badly meant that he didn't offer the cover on that, that side that you would hope from the two, from whichever of the two is on the right in that situation. And then partly because of Shaw's like positional indiscipline and partly because Maguire and Lindelof just ain't it. The, the the shape, the overall defensive shape was so bad so often. I mean, I, I, I f- watched much of the day this morning and the Brighton equaliser, the Solly March goal, it's actually not Wan-Bissaka's fault. Fernandez is behind him and Wan-Bissaka knows Fernandez is there and Fernandez does not know there's a man behind him. But if you look at United's, like in the kind of images preceding unfortunate events kind of way, if you look at the shape, they're, they're in a U shape, that back back six or seven or whatever it was. It's really bad. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, one of the things that Oli has managed to do is, is get the defensive organisation to the point where those individual weaknesses are not showing as much, right? And so the improvement last season, like it showed in the the league table, 29 goals conceded, I think it was in the end, uh, which was a a good improvement and gave United a base from which to to build a season. Yeah, and and partly that was, Maguire was an upgrade on what we had before, Jones or Smalling, uh, and and Wambazaka too, being the best sort of one-on-one defender at the club now, uh, but they're they're huge problems. I mean, Baye played against Luton. We haven't really talked about the Luton game, but we can talk about it in passing, I guess. Um, and he was very good in the Luton game. I mean, United weren't good overall. <laughs> Let's just be clear. Right. Maybe one three 0 but it, it wasn't a very coherent performance. Um, but he did well, and Ollie called him out after the game to say he'd done well. And it does feel like that one problem i mean by gives you another problem which is you know there's an error in him and he does by things like he might just fly kick someone or whatever um, or attempt to rabona a clearance mm. uh, but um he gives you pace and i think that recovery pace matters in this team you know and i think it does and it would be a better balance with him in the team than say lindelof and or or, or maguire one of them you know, and we shouldn't give Maguire a free pass, or we haven't on this show before, but we shouldn't give him a free pass because right now he doesn't look very good. I mean, we'll give him the same caveat as everyone else, right? He's probably not fit. Yeah. He had a difficult summer, you could yeah. say. Yeah, so. absolutely. And and I'll definitely give him some leniency on that. But Ollie's playing him too, played him way too much last season as well. It's weird. Um, but he's 
rubbish at the moment. He's just he was just rubbish in this game. Maguire was. It was simple. He didn't. I don't know what he did that was anything above the level of six out of ten at any point in that game. And we spent eighty million on him, and that's you know it's not his fault. We did that, or whatever. But and he's obviously like very very good in the air, Maguire. Like aerial duels, no problem. I mean, defensively, he's very good in the air, by the way. Um, Not attacking corners, as was much discussed. Um, He did not get his 19th goal in 500 senior appearances or whatever it is. 313th senior appearances, although many of those are in League One uh, and the Championship. But uh, yes, no, he did not. Rather unfortunate for him. I mean... um, uh, yes, there was a whole string on Twitter about how many goals he scored and his propensity to nod one in or not. But uh, I think it was Ali. Was Ali talking about it? Yes, he was. Yes. Yes, it was one of those ones. You know, hey, if Harry Maguire can nod a few more in, our season might not be a complete catastrophe type comment that Ollie does. <laughs> and again, yeah. Yeah. Um, but nothing but he doesn't do anything else defensively in no. an outstanding fashion that I can see and I'm not, I don't I don't know that for sure no, but no, Rio, no. We, there's been plenty of defenders at United um and and in the game generally who didn't have great pace but could read the game so well that they were able to make up for some of it I mean you know hey Franco Baresi one of the greatest defenders ever to grace the game wasn't very quick at all and he played till he was like 90 and he was extremely slow by the end but he knew every dimension of that pitch and that's why he was so great as a defender you don't always need great defense uh great pace but if you're not a great defender you need great pace because you need to recover from you know both your positional mistakes and your actual defensive mistakes yeah i mean rio did a brilliant like three minute long breakdown that's been going around on twitter about just watching lindelof and Maguire against palace and how much they didn't do for each other, how much they didn't react properly to the the circumstances around them. Um, you know, we haven't even talked about the specifics of... I mean, United gave away a penalty. It was definitely a penalty. I don't know why. I mean, it was nailed on, obviously. Bruno wasn't happy, but definitely a penalty. <laughs> I mean, he definitely wouldn't have been happy if it was if it wasn't given the other way around and he was the attacker. And, you know, he said... Like he said afterwards, the the Brighton guy did well to engineer the contact. Yeah, all right, Bruno, you clattered him, mate. Um, and well, I he mean, tried, you know, he, like this is a player who's quite good at engineering contact. <laughs> yes, and he didn't clatter him so much as clip him. Um, but the yeah, so that was that was what it was. Morpay did a little uh, crying thing. Was that at at Bruno? I, d- I don't know why that was. I don't, I don't understand know. why that I don't was know. taken as yeah. a it, it, it was interesting for Morpay because, of course, Morpay gave the uh, interview after the game in which they'd um, beaten Arsenal uh, yeah. last season and uh, Gwendouzi had been a bit lippy and in which he said Gwendouzi should have a bit more respect. And uh, so, yes, maybe a little bit coming back at him there. Yeah, unless it was about something completely different and we're all letting him live rent free like. Um then we we got the equaliser but you know, I don't I can't even remember the order of the number of Brighton chances that were and just felt like they had the ball in acres of space on the left-hand side of their attack or right-hand side of ours over and yeah. over again. I mean, I mean March was trust, excellent down that side, you know, really dynamic. Until until he had the ball in front of goal at yeah. which point apart from right at the end he Massively, you can see why he hasn't scored since December 2018 or whatever. Trossard, the 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 raking shot early that hit the post, the left post, um, was as we see it. I yeah, mean, yeah. 
yeah, 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 sorry, yeah, De Gea's right post, was an absolutely exceptional shot, but definitely Luke Shaw was the reason that he had so much space to take that shot. Um, the one that hit the right post kind of clipped the outside of the post, never really looked like it was going in. The one that hit the crossbar late on, though, that absolutely rattled the crossbar, that he was just in acres of space, found dead simply. Properly put his through, foot through that one, yes. Um, and, you know, hey, sometimes they... Uh... You hit them that clean, they go in. Ask Riyad Mahrez today in their game against Leicester City. Um, but yeah, didn't didn't for them. I mean, look, um, Brighton definitely deserved more out of this game, of course. But but the, all these chances you're noting that have hit the post, they've just they're fractions off, fractions off. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, self evidently, guess what? Uh, they heavily, heavily um, out xg United with their eighteen shots to United's. I don't know, whatever it was, not very many. Um, well, only something. two on target from open play. I think two open play shots and the rest were from um, set pieces, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about... Oh, God, so so miserable. Sorry about this, everyone. I'm in quite a cheery mood on a personal level, just to put that out there, but, you know, don't really know what else to say about this. I wanted to complain um, about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's substitutions oh. in this game. Where I mean, I was he, going to bring it up anyway, so yes. All right, let, let you go first, because no, no, I don't, no, I don't no, want to no. moan. No, 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 no because, because I was going to come out with the words, like, which you may want to use too, like dreadful, brain dead, conservative, lacking in imagination, the sign of a particularly weak manager, and probably not a very good one. I was going to use words like that. I don't know whether you were going to use anything like that at all. I mean, to be honest, I was probably going to modify all of those words into words that I was happy to say in public about him and face the opprobrium that will inevitably come. But um, but genuinely, the, the substitution of Pogba for Fred, Pogba needed to come off, that no problem there. But you've got Van der Beek on the bench, it's 2-1 to United at this point, and Oli goes to try and shore it up. And there is one thing that we should have learned from our many years of watching football, in particular Manchester United. Do not try and shore it up. I'd love to see the data on whether shoring it up works in terms of chances conceded after trying to shore it up. I mean, um, at that point, United actually did have a little bit of momentum, a little precious little bit of momentum. Yeah, scored just before half-time, took the lead. You know, and then 10 minutes after taking the lead, Pogba's off. And then it was all yeah. Brighton, right? And Pogba coming off is great, but Van der Beek, just bring him on and, and play, go to a 4-3-3 and play, you know, um, try and get a third goal rather than desperately try and stop them getting a, a an equaliser. And this was made worse when he brought Baye on to make it into a back three. And that was just calamitous because this was a side that was desperately struggling for organisation of any kind. And now you're throwing Eric Bailly and a change of system into that mix. I, yeah. it's just, it was just asking for exactly what happened to well, happen. Well, it was. And it was a signal to the team to start dropping back, right? Which they did. And and it was also it took one out ball out as well as an attacking option. So suddenly United weren't solving the problem in midfield at all. At a flat back five and fewer plays up front through which we could break. And actually, I mean, if you look at Marcus Rashford's goal, it's a pretty dangerous break. And in fact, actually, our, our, the Lewis Dunk own goal came from a break from Luke Shaw, you know, pushing forward. So, um, yeah, it was, I, I thought it was 
very strange from Ollie. He he does tend towards being conservative, not quite Mourinho-esque, but no. he does tend that way. And he didn't quite have faith in his players. And, and Van der Beek didn't come on until the 90th minute, you know, a, a player made, who's made excellent it, with the ball. Made a telling contribution when he did, because he was highly involved in the build-up to getting the corner, which... <laughs> which won the game for United in uh, in hilarious, hilarious fashion. I mean, what a penalty from Bruno Fernandes. Under that level of pressure, with the amount of time that had passed and the confusion and all the build-up and the chat in the press beforehand and the fact that he'd given away a penalty. And, oh, guess what Bruno does when it comes to taking a penalty under pressure? Bang, top bins. Yeah, no, no that's right. I mean, and, and it would have been, you know, it's 90 plus 10. When yeah. when he's taking the penalty, uh, the ref had uh, blown the whistle. There's you know, arguments on both sides, especially from United at first, and of course from Brighton when he's given it. I've never seen a penalty given after the final whistle before. I mean, um, and then uh, uh, Ryan in the Brighton goal stands on the penalty spot for as long as possible. I mm. think he had to be told by the ref a couple of times to to leave, and he's all trying to you know build that sense of pressure, and it can work, can't it? Sometimes, course, yeah. you know, and he didn't try and uh, replicate more pace sort of Penenka, in which Dave, dear, dearie me, got caught out, saved one penalty in like 400 years last week and moved too early. This time he just lay down like he was going for a nap. I mean, <laughs> you could see where he was placing his feet, like right by, he was behind it was the line in his head. Behind yeah. the line. Yeah, he's definitely playing on him. But yeah, I mean, Bruno, none of that faced him at all. Didn't do the hop, skip and jump this time. Just a normal run up and smack in the top corner. Brilliant. Oh, worth a mention. You mentioned Dave. One other thing that I guess is worth a mention from this game. He pulled off a proper Dave save, save from Trossard. I think it was Trossard again um, late in the second half when it was still 2-1. Yeah. Um, one that you definitely thought was a goal, but he did the... the you know, making himself a unique shape and stopping with unbelievable reactions and at really close range, it's lovely to see him do one of those. Very good. So that's it. I, I have nothing more to say, I don't think. Uh, a huge three points. Huge, especially I mean, yeah, the- of course, after last week's you know, disaster class, it had to be three points, didn't it? Yeah, I oh, know, absolutely. Well, I mean, it didn't have to be. It would have been anything could have happened, but it, it makes an enormous, enormous difference. Um, to the feeling around everyone, I guess. Sure. Yes. I mean, goal for Rashford. He got one against Luton in midweek as well. He needs that. He It wasn't great for him post-lockdown. Uh, another goal for Mason against Luton as well. Uh, very nice one. In fact, two very nice goals, those two were. I mean, there, there are bits of hope. in the, I mean, it was a you know, dreadful performance against Brighton. Got away with it, obviously, but... A nice goal from Marcus Rashford. Hopefully, that's adding to his confidence. Um, and they just the, they need to work so hard at their fitness and their sharpness, and getting the attacking patterns together, and their defensive control. I mean, it's, I mean, it's just dreadful. Honestly, yeah. and Ollie, Ollie's got a job on his hands, and you know, the jury couldn't be more out on him as a manager. And I think I think the people that are absolutely certain that he's definitely the right man for the job are i mean i wish would that i could have that much faith because uh, i i don't know where that faith comes from and i think the people that write him off as a completely useless idiot are also 
way wide of the mark. It's clear that he has strengths and weaknesses as a manager. And much like United have strengths and weaknesses as a squad. I mean, should we say before we, we go on to some sort of preview of what's to come, or should we take a little break and then talk about transfers or lack thereof? Yeah. Let's take a little break here and then we can go on to our favourite chat. If you want more from the show in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQAT Pod on Instagram, Ed's at NQAT Pod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That. Uh, so we talked about Luke Shaw and I suggested perhaps he's not the brightest tool in the toolbox. After the Crystal Palace game, he said, oh yeah, well, it is nice when a new signing comes in and then United were heavily linked to a left back all week. And I thought, yes, Luke, it would be nice if a new signing came in. Uh, it, this is a turkeys voting for a Christmas situation. Although, given that if you're right, maybe he'd be relieved not to have to play um, every week because it's very tiring. <laughs> maybe, yeah. I mean, there's no news on this one. Is there, you know, um, uh, everyone's going to call him Telez. I mean, he's Brazilian, so it's not Tez, I don't think. I'm not, my Portuguese is not awesome. Tejesh? Um, yeah, it might well be. Yeah, completely, definitely not the way us Brits are going to say it. But anyway, we're going to call him Telez because uh, okay. why not uh, until we work it out. Um who knows whether he's coming? I mean, he's in the last year of his contract. He wants to go and Porto uh, are going to let him go to whoever the highest bidder is. But, uh, you know, I'm sure, um, you know, look through his numbers. Uh, I obviously not looking at the Portuguese every uh, Portuguese um, league every week. And he's only played a couple of times for Brazil, so not a player I've seen. Uh, but um, his numbers show someone who didn't do much defensively or attacking-wise, up until last season when he suddenly became a goal machine, partly because he takes penalties, but also pushes forwards a lot. So he got a lot of assists and a lot of goals last season for, for Porto. And they had a new coach, of course, so it's done something for him to to take him to another level. Yeah, well, We could do I mean, with an attacking fullback. Yeah, exactly. It would be a signing I'd be excited and hopeful about and not and Hopefully he's about, good but... and not Alex Butner. <laughs> Hey, Alex Putner was great three times. Um, the uh, thing about this transfer that's been utterly maddening and entirely predictable is just the the stories coming out, which confirm when I mean, we talked about this at length last week, but really Woodward is like gone to the table and they've gone, it's however many million and he's gone, will you take 12? And they're, they're going to say, no, absolutely, we won't take 12. And I... I it, who knows? Maybe it's all nonsense. But if anything close to the way United are handling this transfer is true, then just front up, you morons. And, you know, the the whole... It's really kind of offensive, the amount that they're blaming the financial situation on the pandemic. It's like, we're going to lose $100 million. That's a lot of money, obviously, and it's a very serious situation. Um the Glazers have cost the club 1.7 billion, right? That's about right. Is that about right? Have I made yeah, that number? Yeah, right? yeah, in that order of magnitude. Yes, yes. So over the last yeah. 15 years, yeah. No, I know. It's like we've had a pandemic every bloody year since they owned us. Um, they are the virus. It, it look, uh, and and the other thing, of course, is that United are not alone in in suffering financial hardship as a result of this pandemic and. In fact, some other clubs who are rivals have realised this too and have sought to exploit other teams' financial difficulties, you know. So 
It's like Ruben Diash uh, from Benfica who's going to very young central defender, very highly rated. He's going to Manchester City. They've taken advantage of the fact that Benfica are in some financial trouble. Porto are too. You know, they have to sell as well. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, in that kind of situation, you might be able to get a discount, but I don't think you're shopping at Poundland. This is the thing. I mean, his release causes twenty something million, and they're offering twelve. Like, I mean, maybe the, maybe this is all. This might all yeah. be nonsense, but you know, it, it's frustrating nonetheless. Um, yeah, and otherwise, I don't know. All quiet on the Western Front, right? People, yeah. people well, still talking the, about. The interesting Sancho, thing but... they seem to have done is is shift the um, the finance uh, the the Q one slash end of year uh, financial call, right? So United's fine. Um, year runs through to the end of June uh, and we typically at the end of September get the results uh, which would give us a good view not the entire view um, of the pandemic although we might get that in commentary um, but uh, we get a pretty good view to the end of June what the impact has had and they're going to have to tell investors what the impact has been anyway you know normally these calls are extremely anodyne and they talk about how many social media likes they got because they don't want to talk about the actual finances in any real detail um this time we should get something interesting but they shifted it until after the window closed right so, i wonder i wonder if that's well no but i was gonna say i wonder if that's in, in order to respond to the window but presumably this is all financial stuff that's finished being done now like you know yeah it is although they would have to make a note of any you know significant commitments right yeah, so they the, yeah you definitely get that in the ir document you know the note of the 120 million euro investment in sancho j you know <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing so um anyway i mean it'll be interesting to see what we get we've got a, a little bit of you know a week or so before that happens now and uh, you know we'll be able to talk about it a little bit more then and maybe something more will become clear then um, I think we mentioned on the last pod about some of the commentary about um, various covenants on United's loan that went up again on social media. I mean, my view on that one for anyone who hasn't been following this one is that it's not that, I mean, you know, they're very typical in commercial loan, right? Because the banks are saying um, we want protection now. This is a bond. So the terms of the bond, basically, which would have been underwritten by uh, JP Morgan, I think, um, uh, and a bunch of investors who buy the bond at 3.29 uh, as the ticker, the, the interest rate, and they mature at some point, I think it's in 2025 or something like that, 865 million, right? It, you know, it's it, they're young bonds, but it's not unreasonable to think you could refinance right now. Um, and it, we're, we are likely to be uh, in the UK in a negative interest rate scenario very soon and not far that off that in the US you know the Fed is at 0.25% interest so anyway I don't think that's everything I don't think that's the full story that kind of covenant um, United could refinance I think but but I don't even think that's the issue I think cash is the issue and how much cash they've got right now um, given that they're not getting season ticket revenues in they're not getting match day revenues in they paid a they're having to pay a rebate on the both international and domestic TV rights. Who knows what kind of rebate might happen for this season because the product is not what the media partners have bought, right, or paying for. Yeah, and that's, so, that's assuming it can continue in the form it currently exists. Exactly. Either, you know? I mean, the Chinese broadcaster withheld the payments. They've also lost that. 
not sure if other broadcasters are threatening something similar. So there's a lot of doubt. Um, and the biggest doubt for the Glazer families, are they going to be able to pay themselves the £22 million you know, half-yearly dividend or not? Yeah. And we'll find out next week. After the window is closed, and I haven't bought anyone, and we find out that they've paid themselves £40 million dividend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's no funds going to the games anyway, so mm-hmm. it doesn't make any difference this time. Um, the uh, The... Other thing that, of course, is about transfers is that there are outgoings as well as incomings and continual discussion around Chris Smalling and nothing necessarily moved, I don't think, yet. A uh, big one today is that um, Lazio want to take Pereira on loan. Um, but Fine. No, you know, yeah. I, I think it's very hard for United to sell some of these players. So Jones isn't going anywhere because he's injured. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ling- talk of Lingard going, I think he's probably wider the mark. I think that's unlikely. And yeah, so. So there we go. That's your that's your transfer chat. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah, love it. Just love the transfer talk. So shall um, we talk about? We've moved on from Brighton. Shall we talk about Brighton? Brighton? Yeah, the thing. Maybe the only thing I like less than transfer chat is preview chat because it's so. I don't know. Stuff's going to happen. I mean, the, the Brighton game. I would imagine that we will play an extremely weakened side. I would imagine they will too, and it's going to be a sort of who falls over the least competition. I mean, maybe they'll try and play a full strength side to tear into United for revenge for the cruel injustice we've just served them. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Potter does here. I mean, obviously they haven't got the same depth of squad. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, imagine being in such a bad state that you don't have the same depth of squad as Man United. Yeah, it's uh, be be interesting. Will be interesting because United, of course, have got to look at the uh, the European games coming up soon in October, uh, and uh, and try and manage that that, that whole. I mean, I, I think there's an international break before the European games start, isn't there? So there's Brighton, then Spurs. Then I think they, we get the international break after that weekend, don't we? God. And some difficult one, and then Chelsea and Arsenal after that for United. So, um, uh, yeah, so he's got to manage all of that. I mean, of course, Ollie's going to make changes. I mean, it could be 10, could be 11 changes. Well, it won't get, be 11 because Harry Maguire will play. Harry Maguire will play and then 10 changes. Yeah. Uh, madness. Um, but yes, so, uh, yeah, I guess Van der Beek and Henderson will definitely play and Bailly will play and. Um, who else? Some other lads. Good luck to them all, I say. Lingard um, will play. Matter yeah. will play. Matter because he's the Carabao Cup captain. <laughs> I mean, he was pretty he was good watched, against Luton. Found his level. Genuinely, one of the best players in the Premier League about five, ten years ago, wasn't he? Well, yeah, his little legs don't run very fast anymore. But you know, it really showed those <laughs> Luton players how it's done. Well done. I didn't see that game because I uh, had a tooth out that day. I was like, I'm not inflicting Man United second string on myself right now. I'm- I watched it. United were disjointed, as you might imagine. Uh, yes. And yeah, the, the, the scoreline was somewhat flattering. Um, then we've got a real game that actually counts for something that people care about, which is, um, I care about sort of sounds like Carabao. People don't care about the Carabao. Um, although Pep Guardiola cares about the Carabao and he really is going to have to, given his team's performance today. Um, the uh, the game 
against the rent-free uh, tenant in my head and his merry band of misery guts. Jose Mourinho is bringing the party. Is it at Old Trafford? Who cares? doesn't matter anymore where games are. Um, this is a big one. Uh, Tottenham today. God, I mean, they their first half performance, they were... They created some very presentable chances indeed and didn't take them apart from the one uh, and then were cruelly robbed. And you were telling me they got to play twice in between now and when we next played them. Yeah, it is at Old Trafford. And yes, Spurs have to play uh, in the Carabao Cup uh, on Tuesday. I completely forget who they're playing. And then they have to play Maccabi Tel Aviv on Thursday. (laughs) It's not funny. That is not fair. Like that oh, no. should... Yeah. Um, so they would have had another game because, of course, their game against Leighton Orient was cancelled because uh, Leighton Orient player tested positive for COVID. So they they had to forfeit that game. So um, oh. that's why they didn't play last week. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. They played Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. Right. So they sort of going to have to pretend to care about the game. I mean, I guess they're not going to be able to succeed in caring about that game. But, I mean, it is ridiculous. And Mourinho, basically, for that game against Maccabi Tel Aviv, just should have the night off, put the assistant in charge, play Deli Ali, all the things he hates doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just Spurs. I mean, they are a team with very good players in it. Yes. and. They lost their game against Everton. They did look poor in that game. They they come yeah. back a bit stronger. They they were pretty okay against Newcastle today. Um, you not see their game against uh, KF Skendia? No, I didn't. Nor did I see their game against Plundiv because nobody saw their game against Plundiv because the broadcast went wrong, which is real funny. I mean, not as funny as the fact that the team that you just said tried to put small goalposts in <laughs> so Spurs <laughs> couldn't score. Well, was it was it small goalposts at both ends? <laughs> yeah, 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 it was. I, I think their general consensus was like, if we make the goals smaller, it's more likely to be a nil-nil draw and we win on penalties or something. I don't know. Swap the goals out before the penalty shootout or something. Wow. Um, Special. And they, they really were as well. Like Mourinho put a picture on his Instagram of him stretching up and nearly touching the top of the goalpost. And he's not, not at all. I man. saw. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, look, Mourinho isn't going to melt down in those games. He's going to melt down after United, you know, fluke a winner with a 99th minute penalty, right? That's when he's going to melt down about the injustice and the unfairness of, of having to play so many games. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I wish this game was coming in three weeks' time sure. when we'd had some more games under our belt. I, I, I'm actually nervous about it. But I guess I'm nervous about every Man United game at the moment. I mean, we've now had two games of our... Well, some of our first team have only had one game, but a number of our first team players have had two games to get back into the swing of it. You know, Greenwood and Rashford, like you said, got minutes against Luton. Some players will get some more minutes um, against Brighton again. So I guess we'll be slightly more cooked. Um, But we're going to probably have to be a lot more cooked, I'd say, to... yeah. Uh, look, and um, I mean, it is funny what's happening at Spurs right now, in especially Delhi Alley. I mean, not funny for Delhi, but just like all, it's all playing out all over again. And and you know, I was just thinking about the the pattern of how this plays out with Mourinho. Um, he did it with Martial and Pogba, but he did it with 
Azad, look at the quotes he he has about Azad. He did with Ozil at um, Real Madrid. He was extremely rude about Ozil. He, he did it with Mkhitaryan. Might not be on the same level. He did it with Ka. Uh, I mean, at Real Madrid. This man, he's a cancer. He hates creative players. I mean, I... I was I was in the um I was in the cast. I didn't see the um the Newcastle Tottenham game and he heard that Son had come up off at half time and my immediate thought was, Oh, he's dragged him off because he's not defending well enough or something <laughs> like that. Okay, he has a calf injury, which is good for United. Yeah. But uh, you know, I was like, Okay, he's ticking them off, you know? Mora, Lo Celso. Son, who can he hate on that's creative? Because they've got quite a few of them. You know, his time at Tottenham is not done until he's destroyed them all. I mean, you didn't even mention Ndombele, who's the the number one victim at the moment. Um, uh, one thing that really struck me as weird watching this game was they signed Gareth Bale. It's going to be so weird when Gareth Bale comes on for Tottenham. Anyway, um, that that is to come. I guess he's not going to be ready when we play them because i thought it was four weeks or something no like yeah and and apparently that's a bit exaggerated it's it's more time to make sure he doesn't go away with wells uh in the international break <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, uh, yes sense. it doesn't look like he'll be ready for the united game right he's, he's scored a few against us though in you know years past we'll find <laughs> out whether he's still got anything left in the tank or not the one thing that I th- would assume is that Mourinho will obviously, I mean, we've talked about his kind of relative lack of attention to detail compared to the manager that he once was, but I imagine he will apply some attention to detail to this game because he'll be very hungry not to experience the, you know, the fate that he, I mean, that what they got a, a loss and a draw against us last season. We beat them and then there was, there was that draw, but that draw, we were considerably the better side once Pogba came on and Greenwood in that first game. Uh, back from Project Restart, this, uh, I, you would imagine he's going to say, press him like there's no tomorrow. Like, don't sit in a low block. And maybe, maybe he'll go for the thing that actually sit in a low block because their creative players aren't firing at the moment. That'll frustrate them. We can easily hit them on the break because yeah. as soon as it, they get out of shape. Exactly. I mean, if, if Son is injured, Bergwijn will come in. They've got lots of pace there. Bergwijn, Los Elso, Mora. You know, to play on the break, it seems well set up for that, and I'm sure Ndombele was not will not be playing. It will be Winks, who's you know the kind of quarterback e, and Hoiberg, who's a very Mourinho player, isn't he? You know, kind of limited, but um, but a destroyer but does the, and does the defensive bit well, yeah, yeah, and that, and that you know if United's midfielders aren't on it, he could have a he could have a a big say in this because you know we are basically. We're going to have to play well to win this game. Unlike, unless we concede myriad chances and get a jammy lay winner, and then, then I will definitely let myself have a bit of Schadenfreude. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, any, any thoughts on how it's going to go? Ah, uh, I Old Trafford crowd roaring us on. Oh, finally, honestly, uh, it's just awful. Uh, anyway, um. I am going to go with a draw. I'm going to go with a one-all draw. Mourinho bores us to death and then we get a penalty. And Yeah, well, I mean, penalties, isn't, I mean, it used to be you had to fall over someone's leg. Now you aim the ball at, literally, aim the ball at someone's hand. There's a great chance. I mean, you should do that. It's. It, I, I wouldn't be surprised. 
players are not looking at how the interpretation is now and going, yeah, I'm going to try and hit the player. Well, Jose is um, definitely going to try and get him to do that, isn't he? Yeah, the dark arts. Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm going to go for a nil-nil draw. Wow, okay. I'm not, I mean, it's, it, that's I, confident, though. It's confident because that's saying we're not conceding goals. Yeah, I was just going to say I wouldn't. I, that's not the result that I... But who who knows? We'll see, we'll see what comes. I guess we, by the law of the rank cast, have to technically make a number up for Brighton versus... Did I say rank cast? God, that's, a, that's an old-fashioned slip of the tongue, isn't it? There, there'll um, be some people on this here show who are like, what, what? What's that? What's that? Um, yeah, the reason that we changed that name should have been abundantly clear as this week. As <laughs> yes, I think it was reinforced somewhat this, uh, <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, yeah, I haven't got an, a clue about Brighton. I mean, I think it will be um, not very coherent performance. Um because of so many changes, uh, and and there will certainly be, I'm sure there will be nine or ten changes probably, and, and there it's not just the downgrading players; it's the fact that they haven't got enough minutes, and there there shouldn't be anything coherent about this. So you know, hey, don't know, don't know, but yeah, Gretchen would make some changes too. So yeah, that's what I was going to say. I almost think that um, we might be able to scrape a result based on the number of changes they make. So I'm going to go with 2-1 win to MUFC. I'm going to go with something probable and say, I don't know, 3-2 to United, maybe a very late penalty. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, Patreon backers, stay tuned because there's a lot of football to talk about and we're going to talk about a lot of football. I had one really, really nice comment. I haven't got the person's name to hand, um, but they, he said uh, they. it was my favourite comment. One of my favourite comments we've ever had. Um, he listened to the All or Nothing chat three times because he enjoyed it so much. Which is That is how I feel about getting to talk about it. So, yeah, that's <laughs> that's good. how much our backers like the show. If, you, if you're not involved, patreon.com slash NQAT pod to get pod. involved. Yeah. haven't said it for a long time. I guess everyone's heard us saying it over and over again because we really need to record some new bumpers. Anyway, thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back with another one of these. After the Brighton game, if anything worth talking about happens, otherwise after the game on against Spurs next week. Okay, bye now.